We've spent the last month and a half going through all of the teams in the NFL. And what are the surprises for how the roster rankings stack up after going team by team? That is today on Locked on NFL Scout. You are locked on NFL Scouting with the Draft Dude, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. We're the Draft Dudes. I'm Joe Marino from Locked On Bills. He's Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins. And we are your NFL experts here with you daily to talk team building across the league on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to thank you for making Locked On NFL Scouting your first listen every day. And of course, a big welcome and shout out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, we appreciate y'all being here very, very much. Joe, happy Wednesday and happy roster rankings are finalized day to you here on Locked On NFL Scouting. Thank you. It's uh, It's been a long time coming, man. We've We've shown our work. That's what I'd like to say first. Right. Yeah. I mean, we we literally pulled up all of the individual player classifications for all 32 teams. We did the shows. A couple of you guys really showed out for your teams. I think Bengals fans finished as the champs. Unbelievable. The, the YouTube engagement that they got within the first 72 hours of that show dropping was outstanding. And, and they really showed a lot of support their team. I think, think they'll be happy with where the Bengals check in when it's all said and done as well. Now, this conversation today is not necessarily going to be, here's our first-ranked team, second-ranked team, third-ranked team. That's going to come. But in the meantime, we wanted to talk more about the storylines of some of the the things that stood out to us now that we have put all of the players in buckets of cornerstones and quality starters and adequate starters and all the way down. And there's a point total that's associated with that. And then we rank the the quarterbacks, one through 32. And there's a different way in which that scored. So now with all of that done, we have a chance to see how all of the teams stack up for the total quality of the roster, because there's a point value associated with every category we gave every player. And then also how individual position rooms across all 32 teams stack up against each other as well. And our objective is to talk about surprises in a good way and a bad way and teams that are maybe stuck in the middle right now because there's a lot of rookies or incomplete evaluations are going to be carrying a lot of weight for their teams in 2023 so those teams that maybe didn't necessarily score well but you can also say hey if things go right in x y and z that's the pathway for this team being very successful this upcoming season so shall we get started with surprises it. in a good way? If Let's I may, I have something that really pops for me when I look Great. at our roster rankings. Do it. And the top of the roster rankings is loaded with AFC teams, as most people would expect. In fact, seven of the top 10 rosters are AFC teams, and actually seven of the top 11 rosters are AFC teams. But the fourth best roster in the NFC belongs to the New Orleans Saints. And to me, that really pops because I think we started this conversation, like the entire project with the Carolina Panthers being one of the first teams that we did. And as we work through the NFC South, we kept on saying it feels wide open. It feels wide open. Any team can win it. 
And then we got to the Saints, and the Saints were the last team that we did overall, right? Not just the last team in the NFC South, but the last team that we did overall. And clearly they made an impression on us because they're the fourth best roster in the NFC, in our opinion, and very clearly the best roster in that division. And so the Saints, as a good surprise, really stands out to me. Yeah, and obviously the investment in Derek Carr, who scored as our 12th best quarterback. Uh, You have really, really promising talent in Chris Olave at wide receiver. Uh, They've invested a lot in their tight end room. I mean, you have Taysom Hill as a multi-tool player who they've been invested in 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 several years now. Juwan Johnson is the developmental type, and then they end up getting Foster Moreau, and he comes out what a week ago, two weeks ago, and says he's, he's currently cancer free, which is one of the best stories mm-hmm. uh, of the season uh, already. I mean, that tight end room, you feel really good about. They invested at the running back position. They brought in Jamal Williams, excited to see what he does in a situation. Uh, obviously we had the Alvin Kamara plea deal earlier this week, and, and we'll see what implications that has for, uh, his availability and potential suspension for the incident in Las Vegas. But nevertheless, you have Jamal Williams on the roster, right? You still feel pretty good about this offensive line. Defensively, you got some really dynamic young players. You got one of the best linebacker rooms in the league. That's been a consistent, the two, the two three years we've been doing this kind of stuff, Joe, pretty consistently, the guys, the teams who have the guys on the second level of the defense who bring a certain level of versatility and athleticism, mm-hmm. For as much as that is a devalued position, having do-it-all linebackers gives you a certain amount of personnel flexibility that other teams, quite frankly, just don't have. And when you have Pete Werner to go with Demario Davis, you got a heck of a duo there. There's a lot to like about this roster. And I think it came in at the appropriate spot as the fourth-best roster in the NFC. X-Factor there is going to be coaching, right? Yes. What do we know about Dennis Allen? What do we know about Pete Carmichael? You know, I think those two guys are going to have a big hand in the success of this football team. But from a roster makeup, I feel like they have what they need to win a lot of football games. Mm -hmm. How about the Browns, too? Yes. The Browns checked in eighth on this list overall. So the top quartile, to borrow from Jim Irsay. Jeez, it's never going to go away on this podcast, is it? it? I did it correctly, though. (laughs) Actually, I didn't. They're ninth. So they're not in the top. <laughs> they're in the upper quartile, of the second quartile of teams yeah. in the NFL. They're top ten roster is what I'm trying to say. Um, but they they are in a bunch of teams. There are four teams ranked eighth through eleventh that are separated, and I wish I was kidding, by point zero seven points on their wow. total roster value of all their players added up together. So it's a very tightly bunched group of teams and it's AFC playoffs like the Ravens and Chargers are in that same bucket as well. But the Browns, when you think about the addition of Dalvin Tomlinson and you think about the addition of Zadarius Smith and you think about what we're expecting the addition of Elijah Moore is going to be for this football team. Well, for all the discussion around Deshaun Watson and how much he can bounce back, dude, just keep it between the lines. Like this team really feels like it has put together one of the more talented rosters in the league. I was looking for another word other than talent because that felt like low-hanging fruit, but I couldn't find it. Uh, Obviously, they have one of the best offensive lines. You have Nick Chubb with a pathway for more playing time. You know, if, if, if injuries do not take their toll on this football team, I think that is, for me, 
where I think Cleveland has the most opportunity to really make an impact. And I didn't even mention uh, another quality starter that they added in Juan Thornhill. Mm-hmm. So you have Zadarius Smith, Dalvin Tomlinson, and Juan Thornhill as quality starter plus additions to that defense, which was bad last year. Right? Let's be honest. I think they have the talent that they need to bounce back. Yeah, I I really like the shout out here for Cleveland as one of the good surprises. And they didn't even get much of a bump at all for Deshaun Watson, right? His ranking within the quarterbacks wasn't a major asset to this overall equation. And what should be exciting for Cleveland fans is that there's obviously plenty of room for him to find himself and play good football because he is supported well. Mm-hmm. He does have what it need, what it takes to go out there and be successful. And with for him, I'm guessing everything in, behind him, everything's moving forward and settling in and having a regular offseason. That's all going to be really beneficial for him finding his game again and you know making some noise here with the Cleveland Browns. So I think a couple of really good shout outs here in the New Orleans Saints and Cleveland Browns as surprises in a good way. In just a moment, we're going to talk about some surprises in a bad way but first our partners at ebay motors have teamed up with locked on fantasy football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy book picks each week all season long whether you're prepping for a draft or scouting the waiver wire every week we're going to give you some players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster so with draft prep underway for the upcoming season let's see who Vinny has picked out for us this week on ebay's guaranteed fit fantasy pick of the week when making the first overall pick in the fantasy football drafts in 2023 49ers running back Christian McCaffrey is a guaranteed fit a healthy McCaffrey is guaranteed to see well more than 300 touches again in his first full season in San Francisco and is the centerpiece of the 49ers offensive engine McCaffrey checks all the boxes including his talent and usage high floor and ceiling run with CMC as the guaranteed fit at number one for a smooth ride to another year of big numbers. With eBay Guaranteed Fit and over 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle, right at your fingertips, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Air filters, brakes, batteries, taillights, alternators, shocks, struts, you name it, eBay Motors has it. And they'll make sure it's the right fit for your car because eBay Guaranteed Fit helps you understand exactly what part you need for your vehicle the first time. So go forth, switch gears, crank the AC, and say goodbye to sweating if your ride needs a little fixing up. Because now you know you'll always be set up for success from the get-go. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, everything your vehicle is calling is just a click away. For the parts and accessories that fit your vehicle, just look to the green check, get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Let's ride. I would not pick CMC. My first pick, for what's worth. I'm going to have to fight with Vinny on that one. Justin Jefferson guy? Justin Jefferson guy. Absolutely. Just throw it to him, man. He catches it every time. Right. Now, uh, to, to CMC's credit, dude called 85 balls last year. <laughs> so St- Came over he- midseason. Right. So if you are in a PPR league, I, I do think yeah, I'm picking CMC's got the volume there, maybe not to the degree of Austin Eckler. Touchdown score, proven touchdown score. But proven what does that look like? What does that look like without 
Lombardi, who probably helped Eckler but hurt Herbert. Oh yeah, I think I think the scheme yeah. change in in Los Angeles, you know, Zeke and, and Pollard got the ball a good bit, but not to the degree of of what Lombardi was doing. Isaiah Spiller season? No, unfortunately not. We stand Isaiah Spiller on this podcast, but no, I don't think so. Uh, surprises in a bad way for the roster rankings. Can I got I say one. the Atlanta Falcons at 27. Ooh. Dude, they, they, they spent a lot of money to bring in a lot of defensive talent. And for it to stack this poorly, and I, I think they, they stack reasonably well on the defensive line and in the secondary. But they do have some young players, so they're, they're probably a team that could be classified as a high-variance type of, of team. But your edge guys... An aging Calais Campbell, who we think still can still go. Bud Dupree, you've got these young, unproven players in Katie and D'Angelo Malone. They got to step up big time for you. Uh, your linebackers, you got Troy Anderson, who was a day two pick last year, has got to step up big time for you because you, you, you don't have a lot of other appealing options. There's Caden Ellis, where you can play him on the edge, you can play him stackbacker, you can move him around if you want to. Jeff Akuda, bit of a dice roll there. You bring in Jesse Bates, I think is probably your third best starter defensively. If not your second. It's Terrell. Grady Jarrett. and Grady Jarrett and Bates. Yeah. So for all of the spending, uh, I think when you see it stacked and it's put into perspective, for me it's just a little concerning to see Atlanta check in that low while acknowledging you do have an incomplete evaluation in Desmond Ritter. You do have an incomplete evaluation in Drake London. You do have an incomplete evaluation um, with both of your primary pass rushes, including Evicadie, who I think we both think highly of. So maybe I'm jumping the gun with with acknowledge them here and not in segment three, but I expected them with what they spent to rank higher than 27. God, I think my big surprise in – a bad way is the Washington commanders who come in yeah, 31st and maybe we're getting hypothetical tomatoes thrown at us right now for saying that, but they just didn't score well. And when you think about it, it does actually make sense. I mean, this team has a couple of nice receivers and McLaurin and Dotson that I like. They got a intriguing, well, not intriguing. They have a great interior defensive line combo in John Allen and Deron Payne. Mm-hmm. But then I think this roster is loaded with questions. I mean, the offensive line is a major question mark, the whole thing, in my opinion. You have a lot to sort out with your running back room in terms of really learning who Brian Robinson's going to be in the league. You have nothing at tight end. How good is this edge combination of Montez Sweat and Chase Young, right? We've got to see a lot more from Chase Young before he impacts this roster favorably in terms of grading it. Kyle's calling a timeout. There's yeah. questions all over the secondary. Just, no, Linebackers just, a question. just for context on the defensive line, because you talked about the defensive tackle combo. We graded the top six defensive linemen on every roster. And even that is the strength with Payne and Allen. Uh, it's the 16th ranked defensive line of football. Because the edge group is what the edge group is right now. Right. There's just a lot to be. I mean, it, not to mention you're rolling with Sam Howell as the quarterback for this football team. Fifth round pick that started one game that I thought needed a lot in terms of development coming out of North Carolina and the system that he ran and the footwork concerns. Good NFC East, right? I mean, I 
came out of this project concerned about Washington and then seeing them where they stacked up is in even that more concerning. Too. Yeah, it's not good. They're the only non-playoff team. The Giants are, are a markedly better roster right now than they were last year. Um, they're they're in the bunch, a bunched middle pack. I think they're a fringe top seven team in the NFC from a roster perspective. And the Giants made the playoffs last year with definitively not a top seven roster in the NFC. Yeah. Right? Um, so you think there's going to be growth there. Uh, case in point, Washington, uh, 31st in quarterback grade. They are, from an offensive line perspective, uh, 29th in offensive line ranking. Uh, their defensive line, as we mentioned, was 16th. Their linebacker score is 30th. Their defensive back score is 30th. The skill well, incomplete groups, guys in the DB room. Let's be yep, honest. In, incomplete guys there. So there's some variance in the DB rooms. And we we graded Jahan Dotson very well as an incomplete evaluation. We we forecasted him as a quality starter. Mm-hmm. So like he he it's not like you could say, oh well, Jahan Dotson's a zero. We didn't do that this year. Incomplete evaluations got a fraction of the points of whatever tier we would put them in right now based off the information that we have. So the skill group came in 21st. And thank goodness you have Scary Terry and Jahan Dotson. Because the rest of it is... Roll the dice. (laughs) Right. 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 I agree with you wholeheartedly. Washington, I did not... I knew that they had regressed from a roster standpoint. I didn't expect it to be this severe. Pretty significant. Um. How about the Patriots? I'm a little surprised the Patriots stacked where they did too. 22nd. I think we kind of realized the Patriots have a low ceiling. But we also, when we went through it, it's like, dude, they, 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 they have a lot of high floor players. So I guess that's the testament of you need a certain number of dynamic players or else you're destined to fall in this middle of the pack. And with where they scored, uh, they and the team that sits 12th, so 10, 10 spots is separated by three points, which is is not a very large amount of points. So I think that for New England is that's the challenge you're going to have to negotiate. But as we did the project and we did them in a vacuum, it's like, okay, like, yeah, maybe they're not a super high ceiling team or don't have a lot of cornerstone players, but it also feels like they don't have a lot of liabilities. They have a fairly high floor as a team. And for that to check in 22nd is a little surprising to me. Yeah. Well, and, and like we talked about with the Saints, the X factor here is coaching, right? So you have a bunch of high floor sure. players with, yeah, I obviously Bill Belichick is as accomplished of a coach as you're ever going to find. And also, bringing, also on pace to set the all time losses record. Yeah, yeah I saw that, too. Our, which came to our attention over the that's week. like that's like Brett Favre doesn't who owns the interception record, right? Like <laughs> it doesn't matter, right? We're just going to talk about we, Bill will always be referred to when he's done coaching on this podcast as the NFL's all time losses lead. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, he has to we get it done. first, right? Uh, Who currently owns that? He needs 13. It's Jeff Fisher and somebody else. Jeff Fisher, all-time loss leader in coaches? I think so. Man. Well, and that's – see, that's funny because, like, he just coached for a long time and was never that good. Belichick, it's just a volume stat, right? Like, Right, because he coached for 30-something years. 
Um, I'll tell you what. We're going to take a quick break, and coming up after the break, okay. we're going to figure I out have, who the all-time loss leader is for head coaches, <laughs> and we're also going to talk about the high-variance teams in the NFL. Dan Reeves and Jeff Fisher, mm. upon further review. Both have 165 losses. Wow. Can you kind of like give it? Do you have like the whole thing? Can you give us like no, a top I, five? I got the I got right. the whole thing. Let's give what this a little know? bit of a time here. This is interesting to me. Okay. Uh, so 165, Dan Reeves, uh, Jeff Fisher. Reeves stopped coaching in 2003. He has a career win percentage of uh, 53.5%. That's like you got a winning record despite the most losses. Like good for you, Dan Reeves. Yeah, that that's the fun thing is that how far down you have to go to get the first coach on the all time losses oh. records who does not have a. Oh, I need record. that. I'm going to need that for sure. Yep. yep. Okay. Jeff Fisher is second. He coached one less season than Dan Reeves. Uh, stopped coaching in 2016. He has a 51.2 percent win percentage. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Steve McNair. Tom Landry is third. Really? Okay. Volume. It is, yeah, it's a volume stat. He coached for 29 years. Yeah. Uh, he has a 60.7% win percentage. Excellent. He had 162. So he had the all-time losses record for 15 years before Reeves. Reeves and then Fisher. And then it. Fisher climbed in time. Got it. Fourth place, Don Shula. Volume stat. Volume stat. He coached for 33 seasons. He has a 67.7% yeah, win that's percentage. That's crazy. 67%. Unbelievable. Fifth place, Bill Belichick. Shula has 156 losses. Belichick has 152 losses. He's going to break it. He's going to break Shula's record for, uh, for losses, for sure. This year? Uh, 66.2% win percentage for, for Bill Belichick. Uh, he needs 13, 14 losses to take first place all time in losses. Two seasons. He can get that done. Two seasons. Tom all Cochran? Right. I need to know who is the guy... With the most losses with a losing record, because this would be potentially the worst coach in the history of the NFL. North Turner. Oh, North. <laughs> 48.3%. 114, uh, 122, and 1. Is there any others? Uh, Sam Weich. Okay. Uh, Tampa. Yeah. 104 losses, 44% win percentage. Uh, North Turner was a 48% win percentage. Wow. The highest active active coach and we're assuming he's going to get it maybe he's not going to get into the head coaching job but lovey smith is the highest losses active coach with a losing record which i feel like he got boned with houston because he he was fine before that he had a winning well, record before last season with houston yeah okay well that was the the side tangent nobody asked for but got they um, got it <laughs> so now we're going to get into some of the high variance teams Kyle, I know you got some buttons that you can push here that I do. Yeah. I also would like to share that uh, the New York Jets are officially, according to Adam Schefter, locked in for hard knocks. Really? Yes. As of right now. Well, how how does that change? What do you mean as of right now? That's got to be it, right? It's the Jets. Well, it's at, I'm saying Schefter announced right now on social media that the Jets are. So it's a wee woo. Let's go. I'm excited for that. Aren't Can't you? wait. Can't wait. <laughs> they had to be forced to do it, obviously. Yes, correct. So what are you what are you searching for for high variance teams? High variance teams. Yeah, that's that's what uh so you have you about. have to go to the offensive and defensive summary tabs and look for pink and green. 
Uh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So, for example, the Ravens with incomplete evaluations with Odell Beckham, Rashad Bateman, and a rookie with Zay Flowers, there's a lot that we need to learn about your skill group. They also have two starting offensive linemen who are incomplete evaluations as well with Tyler Linderbaum and Ben mm-hmm. Cleveland. And I know for a fact this defense, Odafe Owe, David Ajabo, Travis Jones, you've got Brandon Stevens, Kyle Hamilton. The linebacker room is Trenton Simpson as a potential significant impact player for you there. Caillou Blue Kelly. The Ravens are a team that pops. They still scored well. But they are a high-variance team because I think they have a lot of incomplete evaluations that they are going to have to see play out that are going to help define their season. I got a high-variance team for you, and their name is the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. Big-time variance team. Everywhere you look, everywhere. Quarterback, Jordan Love, who knows? The offensive line, you've got Josh Myers, Zach Tom as incomplete evaluations. Who knows about any of these receivers, right? Christian Watson, Jaden Reed, Samari Toure, Romeo Dubs. Yeah. Uh, Devontae Wyatt, Quay Walker, their first-round picks from last year. We got a lot to learn there. Um, even like Rashawn Gary, he scored favorably, but coming off of an injury. Kingsley Jonathan. I mean, Tadero Slayton. Like, there's just a lot of guys on yeah. this roster in key spots that could go up or down and really impact the win total for Green Bay. I think Seattle's another high variance team. Yeah, so many young players. Uh, right. You know, you've got, I mean, go through that whole rookie class last year and how good they were. And we we were willing to put Tariq Woolen in a bucket, but you got Kenneth Murray. You have another day two investment in a running back in Zach Charbonnet. How well does he assimilate? What does he bring to the table? Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba is a meaningful player as the third receiver there. That was a huge deal that they drafted in the first round. Your bookend tackles were both rookies last season who played really well. They scored well when we scored, but at the same time, there's more ceiling to tap into for them. And there's still a team in spite of all the incomplete evaluations. And we didn't even get into Daryl Taylor and Boye Mafe and uh, Devin Witherspoon and Kobe Bryant. You go down the list. It's like, there's a lot of guys for this team. And in spite of that, they still scored in the middle of the pack and they are within a point and a half of new Orleans for the fourth place, fourth best roster in the NFC behind your usual suspects, the Eagles, Cowboys, and the 49ers. So a point and a half, a couple of these players make another monumental jump in year two. Seattle can be knocking on that door. How about an AFC team here in the Tennessee Titans? I think there's a lot of variance with them. Um, mm-hmm. Just looking at their offensive line, I mean, even Andre Dillard as taking over a full-time job for the first time in his career, Peter Skaronsky, Nicholas Petit-Friere, Chigo Okwankru at tight end. I mean, Traylon Burks at wide receiver, Kyle Phillips at wide receiver. Uh, even on the defensive side of the football, Monty Rice probably taking a big role here on mm-hmm. defense. And Aziz Al-Shahir, we're excited about him, but – Never really a full-time guy as his running mate. Harold Landry back off of an injury. Roger McCrary, year two. Elijah Molden, year two, coming back off of an injury. Whoever knows what you're going to get out of Caleb Farley. There's some there's some very stable things on this roster. Derrick Henry, Kevin Byard, Imani Hooker, Jeffrey Simmons, Danico Autry. 
Harold but then Landry. I think you have a right. But again, he's at least coming off of an injury, so there's a level of concern there. I think the Titans are a team that present a lot of variance with the amount of young players that they're leaning into and a lot of transition on this roster. And and when we talk about variance, I think it's worth acknowledging this, Joe. That means if you told me they won nine games, the Titans specifically, right. you wouldn't be surprised. If they won six games, you probably wouldn't be surprised. There's just a lot of players that are in flux. And law of averages, it's one of my favorite things to invoke when I'm doing Locked On Dolphins, is law of averages. Player development's not linear. Right. So you're going to get a slew of these players that are first, second, and third-year players that come in and they make a monumental leap. And they're high-impact players. And then you're going to have another group of players who maybe make a modest improvement of what they previously were. They make a modest impact. And then you're going to have another group of players who make next to zero impact. And the more of those players you have, the more you can bank on making the monumental leap. But odds are you're also going to see a larger group who tread water or, or don't make a splash. And I think that's what makes a draft class like what Seattle had last year so powerful. You think about the 17 Saints class with all the players that they had in. It was Lattimore, Ramchek, Kamara. Marcus Williams was in that draft class. Like All those dudes in the same class. And when they all hit and it bucks the law of averages, that's when you get a really big boom. And all of a sudden you get this big infusion of impactful players and you outperform the expectation. So when we're talking about high variance for the teams, acknowledge it's the individual players, but your expectation is you're going to get a third here, a third here, and a third here. And when you don't and you get the vast majority in a good way or a bad way, it's going to tip your season one way or another. Well, the biggest surprises, the most variance teams, we've covered them, but we got a lot more oh, yeah. to reflect on from this foundation that we've laid over the last couple of months. So plan accordingly. Come on back and see us. I'm Kyle Krabs. He's Joe Marino. We are locked on NFL scouting with the draft dudes. We appreciate you guys for checking out the show. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. You make it a great rest of your day. We will be back again tomorrow with more of your teams every day here on the Locked on NFL Network.